All right. Can you guys mic me up? Let's go now to the book of Ezra tonight. And uh, uh, we're going to talk a little bit. <clears throat> so much good ministry is already going, going, already, excuse me, going forward. But we're going to talk a little bit from the thought uh, going in part two. And uh, uh, we're going to deal with this, this idea tonight of amen, uh, uh, how to go in, or better stated, dedicating the house of God. Everybody say, we're here to dedicate the house of God. Come on, say it again. We're here to dedicate the house of God. So I want to pick up on that man of God, and, and in this direction tonight, in a slightly different focus, I want to really deal with our disposition and our emotions tonight uh, relative to where we now are. So in Ezra chapter 6, and I told you my main characters throughout the week would be Ezra and Haggai and Zerubbabel, amen. If I need his help, I could pull in Nehemiah because they were all responsible for restoring what we call Zerubbabel's temple, amen. As you all just did here in Houston, you restored the temple, amen. Pastor would be a type of Zerubbabel who led people out of captivity and brought them to this set place. And so with that in mind, we're going to deal with how to dedicate the house of God. Will you say that again? How to dedicate the house of God. And the Bible says on, in verse number 15 that uh, now the temple was finished. I thought somebody would shout right there. <laughs> the Bible said now the temple was finished. That, that's a faith statement because how many of y'all know even when it's still being finished by faith is already is already finished. Well, we have acquired the temple, and the temple was finished on the third day of the month of Adar, which was in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. Then the children of Israel, the priests of the Levites, and the rest of the descendants of the captivity, here it is, how do we dedicate a house? Celebrated the dedication of this house of God, and how did they do it? With joy. Amen. They celebrated the house of God, and they did it, man of God, with joy, which implies that I can't go into a new house any kind of way. There's not, there's a certain disposition that, according to Scripture, especially when we start talking about churches and houses of God, that really is required of believers. God expects it. Did you know that God actually is concerned with your emotions? Yes, he, he is concerned with how you feel about something he does. He pays attention to how you feel. I coined the phrase when I was at KCOH a few years ago, Pastor, and the Lord gave it to me then, uh, that uh, if you praise him, he'll do more. Yeah. yeah, Because evidently when we read scripture, God cares about how we feel when he does something. Amen. And uh, so since we're here tonight and we're dedicating the temple, let's let's just read that one more time. Verse 16. Then the children of Israel, the priests and the Levites and the rest of the descendants of the captivity. What did they do, class? They celebrated the what? Dedication of this house. And Sister Rogers, they didn't do it any kind of way. They did it with joy. Tell your neighbor, God cares about how we feel. Now, let's just operationally, man of God, establish that when I talk about dedicating the house of God tonight, I am talking about two houses, 
two houses that I want us to work on dedicating to God. Amen. I'm talking emphatically about the house that we're in, this church. Amen. But uh, I'm also, and I want to give you scripture as precedent to back this up. And Sister Diamond, if we'll just roll through these verses quickly. I'm talking about you as a house. There is doctrine that backs up the fact that every one of us in this room who have given ourselves, Melvin, to Jesus as Lord and Savior, we are the houses of God. All right? And the Bible backs that principle up in 1 Corinthians 3 and 9 when it says, For we are God's fellow workers. We are not God's fellow lazy people. We're God's fellow what? Come on, can I rehash Wednesday night? Pastor cannot do it by himself. Amen. He needs what kind of workers? Fellow yoke, yoke fellows, fellow workers with him, just as you are fellow workers with God. But he goes on and says, you are God's fellow workers and you are God's field. I love this line right here. You are God's building. Tap yourself and say, I'm God's building. Man, that ought to make you feel good. I'm God's building. Amen. I belong to God. He, I'm bought with a price. I'm, I'm God's building. Amen. In fact, the devil can't do with me what he wants to do because I'm God's property. Amen. Wasn't there a group from Texas called God's property some years ago? Amen. We need to pull that back up again. Somebody say, I'm God's property. Yeah, if you start feeling a certain kind of way, you ought to remind the devil, you can't do what you want to do with me. Amen. Because I'm God's property. I am God's building. And, and man of God, the established doctrine, I usually like to give at least two scriptures. And so not only does 1 Corinthians 3 and 9 say that we're God's building, but Hebrews 3, 5 through 6 quickly, just in parenthetically, uh, enunciates the same thing. It says, Moses was, a faith, was faithful as a servant in all of God's house. I wonder how many of us will still be here 30 years from now. Is that good? Because we're faithful as a servant where? In, in God's house. In God's house. Every time I see Dr. Coffee uh, there at, uh, at, at Victory Christian Center or at their college, amen, I, I, I'm reminded of verses like this. And, and I begin to dream about all my KCCites that I will still know 39, 40 years from now. Amen. People who started with us who will still be with us because we are what? Faithful in whose house? In God's house, in all of God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over whose house? God's house. And here it is. And we are his house. So tonight when I talk about dedicating the house of God, I'm not just talking about dedicating brick and mortar, although we are doing that tonight. I am talking about dedicating flesh and sinews, and greater than that, dedicating your soul, and greater than that, most importantly, dedicating your spirit. Yeah. Amen. Salvation, right? I'm born again. I dedicate myself to God, or I rededicate myself to God. And I dedicate myself, spirit, soul, and body. Have I proven the point that we're God's house? Yes. So we are all God's house. But the Bible says in Ezra that the people of God celebrated with joy. Do y'all remember that? And I love the Bible because it tells us exactly what to do 
in every situation. It tells us to rejoice with them that rejoice. But it tells you how to go to a funeral. It tells you to weep with those who weep. I mean, the Bible speaks to occasions. It, it tells you what your, isn't that rich? What your disposition ought to be at different points. The Bible literally gives us our marching orders. He, he, he tells us how to come in, yet Jesus spoke to this when he said there is an indifference that many people have even when they have been blessed. He spoke to it when he said, I played the flute, but you did not dance. I played the dirge, but you did not mourn. In other words, I moved you into your 8,000 square foot home and you're still not happy. Are y'all with me? I gave you your dream car <laughs> and you're still not satisfied. You, you finally got married and, and, and when you got them, amen, all you can do is uh, pontificate and complain about how he's not quite who you want him to be, yet you're one of 30 black women with a husband. Can we get a little grateful for what we have in our life? Even if it ain't quite what we want it to be yet, aren't you glad that you have it in your life? Can we get a little grateful about everything the Lord has Hallelujah. done? Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Because he tells us, Kristen, how we should act when we come into a new house into a new place. Man, I'm, I'm over here and I'm just blessed because the sin of the carpet every so often just keeps, in that rich sister Jeannie just keeps hitting my nostrils. I'm, I'm enamored by the new chandeliers and the TV lights and, and all the wonderful things that God has done. Amen. And we should be the same. So pastor, that is basic. That's ABC one, two, three, what is your point tonight? We get it. We should celebrate. Man of God, we, we shouted first things first when you we came out. So would you please help us to understand, amen, the dilemma that you are trying to help us to, amen, figure out tonight. I'm glad you asked. If you go to Ezra chapter 3, verse number 10, we're going to get a little Bible surfing going because this is very important as you have now come into your new house. Because in this room right now, amen, there are at least two different emotions. Yes, in this room right now, yeah. It's present, it's in the room. Minimally, at least two emotions, amen. The last time you got blessed, depending on how you perceived of it, there was at least one of two emotions going on. Is that good, Karina? I see you nodding your head. Let me see if I can break that down because these people, man of God, had gone into the house of God and you would think that when they got there, it would be all the joy, all the jumping. Nobody would have to, if you will, predicate the shout. Yeah. It, it would simply be automatic, a literal, I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go into the house of the Lord. I, I don't need somebody to sing my favorite song. Man, I'm just glad to be in, in the house of God. Yet, Maria, the Bible gives us precedent that whenever we acquire something like this, we should expect, now I'm going to help you here, at least two emotions to be in the room. And I'm going to see if I can break that down to you. Over in Ezra chapter 3, amen, the Bible says in verse number 10, when the builders laid the foundation 
of the temple of the Lord. The priests stood in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, the king of Israel. There was a protocol for how you should go into a new building. And the Bible says, and they sang responsibly. I believe pastor has been preaching a lot about reactions lately. Isn't that right? What well, the Bible says, their reaction was that they sung responsibly, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his mercy endure forever towards Israel. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Then all the people shouted. Don't forget that. We're going to do that at the end. They shouted with a, what kind of shout? It wasn't any kind of shout. It was, a, it was a great shout. And when the people praised the Lord because the foundation of the house was laid. But now let's go a little deeper then into this revelation of two kind of emotions. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of the father's household, key word, old men. Old men who had seen the first temple wept with a loud voice when the foundation of the temple was laid before their eyes. Yet many shouted for joy. Some were weeping and some were shouting. What is the revelation? The ones who were weeping, according to scripture, were the old men. The reason why, amen, you can't celebrate going into something God has done for you is you're still stuck on the old. You're still stuck on a certain paradigm, disposition, or mindset and have not crossed over into the new. Do I have any help in here? Can I deal with the old man just for a little bit tonight? Amen. The reason why some people don't get excited about the rapture, going to heaven, can't wait to see him, even so come Lord Jesus, is because they're still the old man. In many cases, they're not saved. And when you're not saved, you won't get excited about the rapture because you don't have the blessed hope. You don't have the revelation that you're getting out of this world real soon. And when you're not born again, I'm going to get some help tonight. It doesn't move you when somebody says, I can't wait to see Jesus. Because in your inward man, you've not been converted towards seeing Jesus. So it's not something you expect. You are still the old man. You're still stuck in who you used to be. Man, my brother wrote a book, got a revelation years ago. I still remember it. I remember him walking around when he first produced it. He said, man, the truth is some people aren't saved. That's the whole concept of the SAT. Some people do not know Jesus. Some of you need to pinch yourself tonight and really, really begin to understand whether or not you are the old man or the new man. Because the truth is, you can't, uh, amen, enjoy the new husband until you get unstuck from the last guy. Y'all going to catch hold of this? You, you can't cross over to the new relationship until you, come on, cut ties with what the old relationship meant. Lift your hand and say, I'm getting rid of the old man tonight. I'm getting delivered. I'm crossing over so I can shout about what the Lord is doing. There were two kind of emotions. They were in the room. The Bible says, it says, many were shouting. 
Amen. Pastor, we should not be discouraged when we go in new churches. I still remember going in my new church. Amen. And I have no violin, but I remember that night the great Pastor Gould was going to preach, and we had other dignitaries in the room, including my brother. And boy, you just thought it was going to be a show that night. I just knew some chairs was going to fly. I knew people were going to break their glasses shouting. I just, I just had, Pastor, I had this, this idea that going in something new would move people. Are y'all getting this tonight? But because, amen, in many cases, there were still folk who were stuck on the other side of the Red Sea. Y'all going to catch this. They had not crossed over in their emotional disposition. And by the way, some people, uh-oh, like a small church. I wish I had some help. Some people don't really want to see you grow because if you grow, that means I can't get the pastor like I used to get to him. You don't need to get the pastor like you used to get to him. You need to grow up in God. Come on, somebody, and go get 10 more people and let those people get to you like you used to get the pastor. You need to be growing in the things of God. But some people don't want us to grow. They, they, they don't want you to be but so big, so so big. They, they like storefront ministry. I had folk that could hang out with me. Am I doing all right, man of God? As long as we were in the waiting room, amen, there was something about that ambiance of being at the kingdom house that made them feel comfortable. But I had folk literally say it, man, when we started growing TV ministry, it began to bother them. They're, they're, I'm telling you, there was something about it that just began to shake them up. And I'm going to tell you what it is. It's a demonic spirit that wants to keep us in a container, that wants to keep our fire contained to some section in Charlotte, some section in Houston, and us not become who God called us to be. But how many of y'all know the place where we are is too small? How many of y'all know we getting ready to stretch out? How many of y'all know we going bigger? How many of you know we going to have five services in Houston? How many of y'all know there is more? Are you all here tonight? Two emotions, nephew. Where they get those two emotions from? Come on, somebody. Girl, it's your wedding day. Why are you sad? Because you ain't crossed over from the old relationship. I'm going to help you tonight. We're going to talk about soul purification in a minute. That's going to bless you. Amen. You're still stuck in another place. Amen. How can a person have it made? Have everything at their beckoning call. Come on, Batch Ty. It's in the book. Get it when it comes out. Have it made. And her only job is to be pretty, First Lady Rogers. That's the only thing, Rhonda, she got to do is go and be pretty. But somewhere in there, malcontent seeps in. It's got to be a demon. And I'm figuring this out. God has shown me some things loud and clear. Even in our churches, y'all, it's only a stronghold. Only a stronghold. Oh, I'm going to meddle a little bit. When you don't bring 10 people with you to every service. It's only a stronghold. And I say that for both churches here tonight. It's only a stronghold. It's only the devil that will cause us to be lackluster about all of these amazing things. This church has been alive seven, eight years. Well, longer than that now. 10 years, 11 years. And you mean to tell me here we are and there is still seating room? You don't have to like me tonight. Don't worry. We'll go to the mountaintop. But I'm, I want to test your soul first. I, I want to see where your soul is. I want to see how you really feel about the things of God. Somebody say amen. 
Yes, soul purification. We'll get there in a second. But, Pastor, they had two emotions going on. What was the two? One was weeping and one was shouting. And there was a reason why they had these two emotions going on. And the prophet Haggai, come on, let's be good Bible students tonight. The prophet Haggai brings clarity as to why these people felt the way they felt. Amen. Let's go to Haggai chapter 2. Ezra gives us a type of what was going on, but his colleague, Haggai, brings even more light on it. Are you all here tonight? Amen. He said uh, there were some people from the old guard, amen, that had not crossed over, and they were thinking a certain kind of way. But Haggai, to me, really clears up our emotions. He really helps us to get it. Now, I'll start at verse number one for the sake of context. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shiltal, governor of Judah, to the pastor, to Joshua the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Watch this, y'all. This is so important. Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? Now, here is the anointed statement of the night. Get this revelation. The Bible says, and how do you see it now? How do you see it now? How, how do you see? Is that all right tonight, man of God? How do you see where you are? How do you see it now? How do you, how, how do you perceive of what's going on? Come on. All of the brides to be that what, what that that had a wedding day. Let me let me see you raise your hand. Amen. And, and, amen. Yes. Yes. And and you all would remember. Amen. The build up leading up to that. Amen. And let me say it this way: Some of you who are already married, you raise your hand. Amen. You married right now. Good. You remember the build up and and, and you remember remember that day and 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 it was a lot to take in. I still remember mine. It was a lot to take in. But um, there were some agents around you that made that easier or more difficult. If you ever want to see some people, amen, that's not happy about something that's going on for somebody else, look at the pictures from somebody's wedding, because 10, come on, out of 15 bridesmaids, going to be holding their bouquet like this. They're going to be a little, especially if they sing. Y'all, I'm getting in your soul a little bit. Especially if they don't have what you, I know everybody's happy for everybody, but I'm coming against that covetous spirit tonight because there is something about that. When you just, when somebody is going into something and you just can't get there with them, come on somebody. Oh, while they talking about the blessing, the only thing you can do is filter through, amen, and, and, and balance a checkbook or something. At the same time, you're not making confessions when they're making confessions? Yo, yo, come on, say the hundredfold is on me, and you just, do you not need or want the hundredfold? You just, so the question tonight is, how do you see it now? <laughs> Y'all going to catch a hold of this. 
Oh, it was so powerful last night when, when Lady Gould, Pastor Gould preached here, and man of God began to minister apostolically, and it just blessed my life. You take this however you want to take it. But when he just skipped over people who weren't ready, didn't know what they wanted, just weren't quite figuring it out, amen. The question is, what would you come for? How do you see this now? Why, why are you here? What should you do? Do you want deliverance? <laughs> do you want to be free? Somebody say, how do you see it now? Yeah, and that's that indifference, man of God. That, that's what we're up against every week. And we need a quorum of the people of God to finally get this revelation of, no, I see it right. I, I see it through the lens of God. Amen. He says, how do you see it now? In comparison with it, is this not in your eyes as nothing? What is he comparing it to? Solomon's temple. He said, man, comparing what we have today, would you not say that Solomon's temple is as nothing? Don't you understand where we are going is much greater than what God did through Solomon? Don't you know where we are, Kingdom Church, all those wonderful concepts, is much greater than any other move of God, come on, that impacted our people on that level? God says, how do you see it? Boy, I'm doing some deep sea fishing tonight, I don't know. I don't know if we going to the mountain or not. Amen. Because if you can't say amen to this, ain't no sense in shouting. Somebody say, how do you see where you are? Yeah, how you see where you are really does matter. Are you grateful for where you are? Are you appreciative for where you are? Do you still remember what the Lord has done for you? And what a great model to come to tears on appreciation for how the Lord is blessed, how the Lord gave me a friend, how the Lord did that. I wonder how many people in this room, you still have a reaction to everything the Lord has done for you in your life. You still remember, you still know where the Lord brought you from. You are still aware of the fact that what you have today is not because of something that was so great about you, but if it had not been for the Lord that was on your side, you would not be where you are. How do you see it now? Now that you're here, how do you see it? Yeah, have you gotten used to it that fast? Have it become in common that fast? How do we see it? Now, I'm not picking on KCOH. I'm talking to you, KCC. I'm talking to every Christian in this room. I'm saying for everything the Lord has done, for everywhere the Lord has brought you to, I still walk in my cafe building thanking God, thanking him for how he paid for that during COVID. I, I still remember everything the Lord did it and how he did it debt-free. I still remember, hallelujah, how the Lord replaced some of your tastes back then. I, I still remember how I didn't lose a bunch of memories during that, how do you see it? Ask your neighbor, what's your mindset? Because, man of God, it was two emotions going on. Come on, take your seat. Is this good tonight? There was two emotions going on. Man, if you are malcontent, I feel like I'm pressing into the anointing now. If you are malcontent about anything in your life that the Lord has done for you, you need to repent right now. Because I'm going to tell you, the revelation on that is, is one of the ways that God helps, uh, amen, us get our emotional homeostasis back is something called stripped. Y'all going to catch up with me in a second. Sunday, I'm going to talk about how, amen, we've been talking about how to go in. On Sunday, I'm going to talk about how to stay in. Amen. You're going you're gonna to enjoy that. Because, see, the revelation is this. Once you cross the Red Sea, come on, Israel. 
Don't get stupid and forget that it was the Lord who parted that Red Sea. Oh, I got some help now. Don't, don't get the dummy spirit and forget that God brought you this far. And why are they a good example? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, take your seat. They did not go all the way in. They crossed the Red Sea, but they did not go all the way in. For those of you who feel like you got it now, you got it made, we can sit back and lay back. Man, I get on my face every day, and I remind God of how grateful I am to be on the team. Lord, please don't excommunicate me. Please keep using me. Please let me be your pastor. If I'm doing something you don't like, let me know, because I don't want you to pick somebody else to do what I'm doing. I've been brought in, but I want to be brought all the way in. And there's still some promises that are left unattained. There's still some things that I want to see come to pass. There's still some things that God promised me. And every step I take, I'm going to remind God that if it had not been for you on my side, I don't know where I would be. I still remember where you brought me from. Two kind of emotions. Some were weeping, take your seat. And some were shouting. I asked you that question tonight. What side are you on? Are you on the weeping side? Oh, thank you, man of God, for reminding me to run around the church. And forgive me that I didn't run the first time you said run. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm serious. Did you, did you get here and forget that it was me that brought you in? Come on, somebody. Amen. I, I need to right the wrong during worship. That's why when they were saying, I don't know if you noticed it, I did it on purpose. I got on my face. Oh, Father. Oh, Lord, let me just remind you that I still remember. I got on the carpet at the storefront, but I was yet to get on the carpet here. See how fast that can happen? <laughs> I got on the carpet every time I came down. I come down four times a year at least at the storefront, but I can't get over here with the plush carpet and all of a sudden just start thinking I don't need to get back on the floor. Oh, I'm teaching humility tonight. That's my revelation. I, I want to show you the revelation of humility. Humility is so profound because the truth is, amen, when you're prideful, you're all the way up the steps. But when, when you're humble, come on, somebody, if you happen to trip or slip, you don't have much to fall. Amen. You, you just fall kind of easy when you're humble. When, when you realize, amen, it's God that brought you up, it's not a great fall. Come on, somebody. And the revelation tonight is, is Father, help me to keep myself humble. I didn't ask him to humble me. The Bible said humble yourself. Do you still remember? Come on, take your seat. Sean, do you still remember before you had a CGA? Yeah, I, I think you do. Do you remember? Do you remember? Remember where you were? I still remember where I, where I lived before I lived where I lived. And I'll never forget it. Oh, man, if no other reason, when the man of God said, take something out of every account, I'm taking something out of every account for no other reason, just say, Lord, thank you. You know what? Because the reason why I got something in every account. <laughs> That's the only reason why. I, 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 I wouldn't have nothing in any account. I, I wouldn't be staying where I'm staying today. I, I wouldn't have the delicatessens of life if it had not been for the Lord. There, I thank them for having my name in my own suits. Amen. But you know who put it in there? <laughs> he put it in there. He, he's the only reason why. Come on, take your seat. I'm almost done. I told you I'm not going to hold you tonight, but this is an anointed word. Two emotions. Some people were shouting and some people were crying. They were weeping. Am I doing okay tonight? 
they were seemingly upset because they were still stuck on the old. Can't put, come on, old, old wine and new wine skins. They, they were still stuck. Come on, what did the Lord deliver you from that you still travail with? I'm helping your emotions tonight. Amen, Kenzie. I believe that's why the man of God kept talking to you now. What, what is it? What is it? What is it that you still walk through in your mind day after day? Is the blood of Jesus powerful enough to eradicate, amen, everything you've ever done? Everything you've ever missed it on? Every wrong emotion you ever had? Every person you slept with that you shouldn't have slept with? Come on, somebody. Every bottle you drunk that you shouldn't have drunk? Is the blood of Jesus strong enough? Do you still remember the power of God? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. When he delivers you and sets you free. If you know that the blood of Jesus has redeemed you, you are the righteousness of God. Give him a great shout and celebrate dedicating your temple. Woo! Hallelujah. Pastor, I'm getting ready to get out of here. Somebody say, I still remember. Somebody say, I still remember. Come on, take your seat. And the truth is, these people had struggles, man of God. But they had struggles with the old man. But the Bible says in 1 Peter 1 and 22, since you have purified your souls. Come on, somebody. By obedience to the truth so that you have a genuine love for your brothers. Love one another deeply with a pure heart. Purify your soul so you can be happy for your brother. Purify your soul so you can celebrate when God does something for you. Purify your soul. Come on, somebody. The reason why deliverance was taking so long last night is because people needed to purify that, that soul. Sometimes you got to deal with that inward man. You got to deal with that emotion that wants to be contrary to what you shall be feeling. You should be feeling joy. You should be overjoyed about what the Lord has done. But the devil will keep you locked in on something you did long ago. Something you did that don't matter anymore. But the Bible says purify your Somebody lay your hands on yourself and say, I, I believe I received soul purification. Come on, the man of God taught us self-deliverance. Won't you breathe in and out a little bit? Come on, decent people got demons and need deliverance. Won't you get rid of some discouragement tonight? Won't you get rid of some things, amen, relative to condemnation? Why don't you get rid of some lacklusterism? Why don't you get rid of a lack of dignity? I'm calling it out tonight. Why don't you get rid of your past and purify? Purify that soul. Because remember, tonight we dedicating the house. See, this is brick and mortar, but the brick and mortar is as good as the house dedication. I can preach as good as my state and well-being when I get up. If I get up with weights and sins that so easily beset, I can't deliver a good word. There are many things I don't do before preaching. One is I don't preach tired. I don't believe in it. I rested all day today. I don't believe in it. I was on assignment. I'm not down here to go shopping every day. Not when I got to preach. Somebody say amen. So rest, 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 rest. I don't do that. But there's other things that I do before I deliver the word of God to be on my A game. And one is make sure that my thoughts are conformed to the will of God on purpose. God, what are you saying? What are you doing? And many of you in this room, you're going to be more useful for the kingdom of God if you would catch it, cast it down, and consume it with the word of God. I'm working with your house a little bit. 
Your spirit man has already been delivered. As he is in this world, so are we. But what about your soul? Because that's the only reason why I can't shout about good stuff. The only reason why I can't get there when things are going so well is because my soul is contaminated. There's something going on, and the man of God demonstrated it so well, and I learn from him all the time. But just that revelation of, I don't have no jealousy. I'm going to give my brother, amen, one of the most expensive watches in the world, and I'm just going to be a blessing, and I'm just happy, and I just appreciate him, and just credit, 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 credit. You know why he can do that so well? Because his soul is purified. <laughs> and, 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 and watch this, to the pure, all things are pure. That's it. Pastor, I used to wonder why we couldn't keep no friends. Amen. I couldn't figure it out. I'd get around other pastors, and they'd be my friend until they made me a pitch. And they make me a pitch. They say, hey, well, you know, we've been friends for years now. Well, you say you come under me, under my organization. I didn't get with you to come under anything. You know what they never had? They didn't have soul purification. <laughs> Are your relationships pure? I'm not trying to make you cry, but man of God, that's one of the reasons why I appreciate you so much and I miss Pop. Because you know what he had? Soul purification. He did not, and, I, and Mama had it too, but just no sense of any, Pop will tell you in a minute, no, let them go to their own church. Soul purification. Just want to see somebody else when, if you want to send your men over, Pastor Rogers on Monday night, send them over. I'm just doing some Bible studies. You know what that is? So fearful. And that's how you build 5,000 seat donuts. Because when you get rid of that covetous envy and all that other stuff that's blocking your blessing, you're going to give God a highway into your life. He's going to bless your socks off. Y'all, I'm telling you, I got so much harvest coming up from KCOH. I know it's coming. I know, I know so much abundance is coming. But God gave me that revelation of how, amen, to be more happy for my brother than I am for myself. Somebody say amen. Oh, come on. If he don't win, I'm not winning. You better get that revelation that if your brother and sister ain't winning, you're not winning. But how many people in here, you're finally happy for somebody else? You want to see him get it? But you know how that comes, niece? And you got this. Both of you do. It comes through soul purification. Just being pure. Just being pure. Just having desire. Just, just clean. Everybody say clean up. And you know how we clean up? Can I be practical before we rejoice? We clean up by acknowledging it. When something ain't right, man, you start feeling some kind of way. What, what if you just put that in the room? Well, if you just said, boy, now you know what, that, now that right there, now that bothered me a little bit. What, what, if, you, what if you just acknowledge it? I, I feel like I'm safe to, to say this. This doesn't bother us, but it'll be comedic in a way to help you understand my point. But the, diff, the, the Longs and Rogers, quick story, amen, we have a revelation that when it comes down to the Longs, amen, before the five of them do anything, they got to know what Pastor Rogers said. And before the five of the Rogers do anything, they got to know what Pastor Rondi said. Are y'all getting this revelation? So I, one of my kids, won't say his name, came and said, Daddy, I'm not feeling the best, um, you know. And I said, come here, man. Let me pray for you. And, and boy, I prayed the prayer of faith. 
I laid my hands. I cast that devil out in the name of Jesus. Mama, I gave it all the anointing that was in every fiber of my being. That brother got through with me praying for him. He looked up. He said, can Pastor Rondi pray? That'd be good. If you don't mind, can, can you switch that? Because I don't know what's up with you, but he got healed. His face started working when Uncle Pastor Rondi prayed. He was good. But what, 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 what's good with that? Not what's wrong with that. It's comedic. But what's good with that is, man, 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 boy, if you can get there that way, if that's who God uses. How many of y'all know last night I didn't try to cast out as many demons as Pastor Gould? If God was using her, man, in fact, I went and got her. I started seeing some strong demons. I said, Mom, come down here. Just pray for her. I went and got Sister Joy. I said, Joy, come here, come here, come here. I did. I started orchestrating. Then I went to the corner. I said, if you need money, follow me down here. I'll pray for you for money. I'm not really dealing with a lot of demons tonight. I say that comedically, but I say that so you would understand the revelation of a team, and you will have that revelation when you purify your soul. Is that good, Sekou? Come on, y'all, we got time. I'm almost done. But you purify your soul and you start celebrating. And that's what was going on with Zerubbabel, those people. And, and Ezra, he was a scribe in the same bunch. All these people was in that bunch. Haggai was a prophet in the same bunch. Nehemiah, y'all remember Nehemiah? He was a part of that crew coming back, building walls. They was all together. And the only reason why those four men worked so well and so effectively was they had the revelation of soul purification. I'm happy for you. Y'all, I'm almost out of here tonight. Two emo Is this good tonight? Two emotions were going on at the same time. Well, come on, let's hurry to a close. Uh, because the truth is, what is the right emotion? Deuteronomy 8 and 10, y'all still got time? Come on, we, we, we in a kingdom com, com, uh, convocation, Houston convocation, come on. Bible says in Deuteronomy 8 and 10, when you have eaten and are full, come on, when the Lord comes through, when you have eaten and are full, then you shall do what? <clears throat> y'all see it on the screen. Then you shall do what? Bless the Lord your God for the good property which he has given to you. Bible said, when I bring it to pass, make sure that you have the right emotion going in. Are you all still here tonight? I feel like I've done my job. You're still in the book of Haggai. We're going to come out right over there because I'm going to give you the reward momentarily of having the right approach. But the Bible talks about uh, what we should do when we get blessed, when you come into your good land. When, when I bring it to pass, amen, lay on the ground even more. When, when, I, come, when I bring the pass, run around the church. When, I love it. When I bring it to pass, put the, the Holy Ghost is in charge, sign on it, and everybody get excited. Do you know if you will get excited and even mimic excitement you don't have yet, it will come by faith? You know that? You don't, you, don't even, you don't got no dance, and in a minute you start to dance in it, oh, hallelujah. And, and in a minute you putting a hole in a cup, man, you just glad when they said unto me. You do it by faith. You move a leg by faith. Sister Maria's leg was bothering her really bad hip issues. And the other night in church, the Lord said, tell her, amen, the healing is in the shout. Amen. She couldn't walk. She had a limp. Tell her the healing is in the shop. 
She started shouting, dancing, and praising God. And before you know it, not only was she walking, she was running. She was loose. The power of God has shot through that hip. Hallelujah. If you would praise him by faith, he'll bring healing by faith. I wish I had some. We get ready to get out of here tonight. Come on, take your seat. Because there are three things, man of God, that we should do. Amen. When we are wanting to have the right emotion, there are three things you should do, Sister Rogers, to dedicate your new house. Tell your neighbor, congratulations on your new house. You, you man of God, boy, we can have some fun in here tonight. Congratulations on what the Lord has done for you. Oh, congratulations on your soul purification. Anybody here no longer jealous? Amen. Did you get happy? Did, did you finally get there? Yeah, I see you in the room. Congratulations, amen, on coming across the bridge. Amen. And so if you are going to have your house right and you're going to bless the Lord right in your new, new house, amen, your new church, your new building, point number one, remember the old church. Amen. Remember the old life. Amen. Bible says when we were sinners, Christ died. While I was yet in sin, Christ Christ died, amen. I, I still remember, amen, the life that God brought me from. Now, this whole remembering and forgetting thing, amen, it, it's so, sort of paradoxical because it, it requires you to reflect on the past only as a gauge for how good God is, but not reflect on the past to go back to it. I reflect on the past only as a reminder of what the Lord did for me. But I don't feel anything when I reflect back on who I used to be in college. Because if any man be in Christ, y'all going to get me in a minute tonight. Man of God, we can ready to dedicate this building. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So you reflect on a man. Uh, uh, your old church, KCOH, I encourage you every now and again, amen, just drive by the storefront. E even if you're not going there, some days members, I'm talking to you, not the pastor, but just drive up and park where you used to park and get out the car. I, I feel it coming now. Get, get out the car and rem rem be reminded of that glass door you used to go in. And, oh, hallelujah. And be reminded of the lackluster seats you had to sit in. And, and when you come in here and sit in 12-inch cushion seats, begin to leap, dance, and praise God. Interrupt the service. Woo! Giving God great glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So you remember your old life. Take your seat. I'm almost home. But you also reflect on life since you got saved. What is that? That is, God, I still remember all the house closings. I still remember the husband you gave me. I still remember all the things you gave me post-salvation. That was the problem with these people, man of God. When they came in, they had forgotten, amen, not only where the Lord brought them from, but they were not reflective of where they now are. You know the reason why we're not rushing out of church tonight? Because we're glad to be in one. Yeah, we're we glad to have one. Amen. Amen. We're we not in no rush tonight. Amen. We got time. Hallelujah. Because we're just glad when they said unto me, literally let us go 
into the house of the Lord. So you reflect. I'm getting out of here tonight. You reflect on life since you met God, Sister Gina. That is our progress in God. Amen. I'm reflective of the Lord. The psalmist said, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Anybody still got that revelation? Yeah, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, man, I would have been a disaster. But the Lord brought me through. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. And how do we reflect? Pastor Psalm 126 and 3 says it so well. You don't have to turn there. I'm coming home now. The Bible says the Lord has done great things for us. And he gives us the right emotion. He says the Lord has done great things for us, Sister Diamond, whereof I am glad. Anybody glad tonight? Amen. The reason why I'm glad is because the Lord has done what kind of things? What is the right emotion when the Lord has done great things? Somebody say, I ought to be glad. Yeah, I ought to be glad. I ought to be excited. Amen. Because the Lord has done great things. Amen. Verse 5, we have sown in tears. But aren't you glad that we are reaping in joy? I'm not talking about what's getting ready to happen. I'm talking about what has all. I'm talking about where we are. No, this is our wedding night. This, man, that thing came to pass. We're not talking about postponing the blessing anymore. The, the blessing is, I believe I feel like flying my kite for a little while. The blessing is, is here. And after you remember, amen, where the Lord brought you from, you remember your old life. And after you reflect on life since you came in, the third and final thing, and I believe I'm going to get the prophet Haggai to help me bring this to a close. The final thing that you need to do, faith technicality number eight, I believe, is remember the fundamentals of praise. Amen. I believe that that's one of the things that might be getting in the way of some people in here that's really happy, but you just don't know what to do about it. Oh, hallelujah. So I figure I'd give a quick clinic on the fundamentals of praise. The Bible says in Haggai, as we heard to our close, he says, uh, yet now, Zerubbabel, verse number four, saith the Lord, be strong. Everybody say, be strong. Because, because I am with you. Amen. And I love verse number six. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, once more it is in a little while. How many of y'all know a little while happened? I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake the nations. I will make it so it don't matter how many given units you have. I'm going to shake up the nations for your ministry, and I'm going to fill this temple with glory. Everybody say, that's us. And, and what are you saying, uh, God, pastor, we don't have to worry about money because God says, son, the silver is mine. The, the gold is mine. And uh, the glory of the latter temple shall be greater than that of the former. You know what God just got through saying? He said, if you think Solomon's temple was something, get ready for KCOH. Get ready for what I'm getting ready to do in Houston, Texas. Because the former glory was one thing, but the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than that of the former. So the Bible declares that uh, there are some fundamentals of praise. Uh, unless I be accused of misappropriating the text. Uh, 
Back in Ezra chapter 3 and verse number 11, the Bible declares that they sung responsively and they began to praise and give thanks to the Lord. And why were they able to do that, Sister Clarice? Because they realized that the Lord was good. So first things first, let's get the foundation of praise down right. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, just in case you didn't know it, uh, the Lord is good. Uh, tell somebody on the other side, no, I'm really serious about this. Uh, say it just like that. No, I don't think you understand. Uh, the Lord is good. Because uh, if it had not been uh, for the Lord on my side, uh, I would not be here today. Uh, so the first fundamental praise is you must realize that the Lord is good. You can never forget just how good he is. Come on, let's have Houston Convocation. And once they realized that the Lord was good, the Bible says in verse number 11 that they sung responsively. There's a proper reaction to when God does something great for you. There is a proper reaction. Huh. For when the Lord brings you in, huh. the Bible says you must sing responsibly. Huh. Praise fundamental number two. Huh. Don't forget to go around your house singing. Huh. I'll bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Tell your neighbor I got a song that the angels can't sing. I've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I still remember what the Lord has brought me from. The Bible says they didn't stop by singing, huh? but it goes on to say they were praising huh? and giving thanks to the Lord, huh? which implies that praising huh? is different from thanksgiving. Huh? Praising is one thing, huh? but thanksgiving is a whole nother thing. Huh? Come on, Brother Paul, huh? for somebody in the room that's discouraged huh? in everything, huh? I ought to be giving thanks, huh? for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you but praise is all about bless the Lord oh my soul and everything that's within me that includes my mind is blessing the Lord that includes my hands is blessing the Lord that includes my feet can't stop stomping cause I'm blessing the Lord where all my Bible beaters at I can't get enough for him cause I'm blessing the Lord when I think of the goodness of Jesus and everything he does for me, I move from thanksgiving right into praise because praise is another level of gratitude. I can say thank you while still being sophisticated. But when I praise him, I have become undignified. I can say thank you by giving you a handshake. It's easy to say thank you. Thank you. Uh, but when I praise, uh, there's something about uh, the rest of me uh, that has become uncouth. Uh, I can't be silent. Uh, I'll become uh, even more undignified uh, than this. Uh, shake your neighbor's hand. Uh, tell them we're almost ready. Uh, 
to exercise the fundamentals of praise. First things first, you got to know that God is good. Second thing, you got to get the language of thanksgiving. But third, you got to have the physical response of praise. You can't praise him sedated. You can't praise him quiet. You can't praise him calm. You ought to look up at the ceiling and see how good God has been. And open up your mouth and give God praise. Because from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. He's worthy to be praised. Last but not least, the Bible declares that the people said he is good. And we're getting ready to get out of here. But it then says in verse number 11 that the people shouted, but they didn't shout any kind of way. So I got to know that the Lord is good. I got to know the language of thanksgiving. I got to know the physical response of praise. But I got to know how to shout when God brings me in. I can't shout any kind of way. This is not an average Friday night service. I got to shout like the Lord just brought me in. I got to shout like the Lord did something for me that I could not do for myself. I got to shout like the Lord's been good. Lift your hand and say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. You ought to be kicking a leg by now because not only am I shouting, but I'm shouting with a great shout. Tell your neighbor, scoot over some because I got it on my mind. Just how good God has been. And I got a great shout. I got a great praise. Let me see you praise him from the rising of the sun.